This episode of First Lady and Friends is brought to you by Cox and Friends and Soap. Let's go. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the podcast you didn't know you needed and probably don't. I'm Governor Spencer Cox, and this really is First Lady and Friends, but we are here as a reunion episode with the Cox and Friends, and uh, we've been fighting over the mic already. Abby? He took my show. He took my show. (laughs) It's all downhill from here. For those of you that that probably have no idea what's going on because you were expecting the First Lady and Friends podcast, we should explain what's going on. And uh, Abby, do you want to kind of give an explanation? Well, this is a a spinoff, I guess, uh, from Cox and Friends. But uh, (laughs) we have a reunion podcast here today. We have the Friends, the Podcast Pals otherwise known as Cox and Friends, all of us here together, back together. The band is back together. Welcome, everybody, to the show. There's probably a lot of people who had never heard that show, <laughs> but we're really excited about it, to be back together. There was a time when we were doing a, uh, a radio show uh, back in the day, well before anyone was paying attention. It was a Sunday radio show. <laughs> Sunday drive time. That's right. Very Church popular. drive time. It was like <laughs> 4, four in the o'clock. Afternoon. Yeah, yeah, afternoon block time. Yeah. That's right, John. Uh, Abby, I think you need to introduce the uh, the entire crew. So we have here uh, Owen Fuller, uh, tech extraordinaire. Welcome back to the show. Pleasure to be here. We have John Cox. Uh, Dogecoin owner, yes, John Cox. That, that's the one. <laughs> Welcome back. Thank you. The one and the only, Kirsten Rapley. The most consistent of everyone in this room except <laughs> for the first lady. <laughs> and the incomparable... SRH. I thought you were going to blank on my name there for a second. I'm like, it's Spencer. <laughs> it's great to be here, though. It's a name you're familiar with. Yeah. <laughs> Spencer Ryan Hall, also known as SRH. So we're going to start this this podcast out with kind of a where are they now segment, because I know the listeners have been dying to, to, to figure out what happened to all of us uh, since we went off the air a couple of years ago. Well, how long has it been? Maybe a year and a half, somewhere around there? Did we do any March podcasts? 20, 2020, I think. I think it was. It was right at the beginning of the pandemic. Thanks, Rudy Gobert. (laughs) Otherwise, this podcast would still be going. (laughs) We wouldn't have lost out. Uh, So I I think people know where we are. If you've listened to this podcast, uh, you know uh, the the First Lady, Abby. I, I became governor. And uh, it's it's been quite a trip. So oh, so great! Start with that. That update. happened. <laughs> All of us are just like you know, <laughs> kind of doing the same thing as before. But that's pretty cool. The listeners all know uh, Kirsten that you're you're working with Abby as as her chief of staff. It's been amazing. I said it recently. I think I'm one of you the were... only people who have who's actually officially worked for both of you, other that's than right. your children. Well, and and, and that's <laughs> and we know that you work them hard. They don't work for you. <laughs> Debatable. Okay, so so that leads us to uh, to I, I mean, and we we've all had some changes in our lives, some things happening. Uh, Owen, let's go with you. Um, last time we met, uh, you were you were throwing out some uh, amazing uh, tech businesses, uh, some tech buys. You know, we were buying or selling, and uh, let's talk about what you're doing now. The more things change, the more things stay the same. I'm still doing the same stuff. I'm still in the tech world. Um, I did have a big. Uh, event that was really exciting where we worked with a bunch of investors and actually bought a, a, 
business to carve it out and and made it our own. It was the same thing I was doing before, but it feels brand new. So I changed title from general manager to CEO, and I'm just really leaning in on that, as you can imagine. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big deal. You and Danny Ainge today that's announcing right. yeah. the CEO. We'll get to... I, I, I saw that. I thought, like, oh, Danny, I can really relate. You know, you and me, we got a lot in common. Well, and, and it was Danny's title is CEO and alternate governor, right? So, I, oh, 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 and is that applicable in your case as well or no? Hey, let's, let's be careful the, just throwing around the, the alternate governor title willy-nilly. This is, I, I've been telling people I'm that for years already, John, so no need to worry about that. But yeah, still doing the same thing there. We had a little baby boy at home. He's the best, and that's probably the big news on our front. Very cool. And and I think we uh, it's important that the listeners can't tell John and Owen apart on the microphone. So they're, they're sharing a microphone today. That, that was always fun. John Cox, what's new, what's new in your life? Uh, well, I will say one of the, the side effects of the pandemic uh, for all of us was probably poor judgment. And uh, in, in our home, uh, like many, we, we ended up getting a puppy, uh, a, a decision I regret daily. Um, but uh, I, I'll just say that uh, I don't really do much with the dog unless my wife's out of town. She was recently out of town. Um, she like drops it off at a, or has me drop it off at a daycare. Seems like a total racket, doggy daycare. Uh, but anyhow, the other day I was picking it up, uh, and it's like a super energetic dog. It's very frustrating to me. Uh, but I was changing my clothes, and the dog's like in the room. And the moment I took off my shirt, like that dog has never gotten more still in his life, and he's just staring at me. And uh, I, you know, I'm a believer in the scientific method. I'm not sure if it's just my dog or if it's all dogs. I'm not sure how to how to prove this out. But uh, anyhow, the Cox family we have a dog. Uh, his name is Bear. It's a poodle or doodle something. Um, I'm not entirely clear, but anyhow, that's that's changes in our life. It feels like a judgy dog. Is it kind of judgy? Well, it, it might be. It is part of our family, so I guess it might be. But I, it's one where, uh, you know, like we uh, – I, I feel like generations of Coxes are looking down and saying, and judging me. No, look, like, John, I was just about to say – so for the, the uh, frequent listeners know this, but we are fourth cousins. And uh, and you talking about taking your Labradoodle to doggy daycare somewhere Orville Sutherland Cox is just rolling in his grave he's very disappointed yeah uh, Coxes are doing the same I will say picking up the dog at daycare is the worst because they're like hey what's the dog's name I say bear they say what's his last name and like look I'm not looking for a confrontation here but like I'm not going to say that we share the same last name so I my my (laughs) compromise position is I always just say my last name is Cox and then they go get the dog so So, so wait, so so this is where we are. It's it's Bear Cox now. Is that right? Are, are you just embarrassed that, that they might say, "Wait, is is this dog related to the governor?" <laughs> yeah, I'm doing this for you. No, it's it's incredibly embarrassing. I can't tell you, uh, but but I will say, yeah, you know, I did teach him something apparently with the whole shirt trick. Uh, so I'm proud of that. A little disappointed in my methods, but you know, pr- proud of the outcome. <laughs> Who amongst us hasn't been speechless when we've seen John with his shirt off? I mean, we can I can relate. I, it's the sight to behold. It's <laughs> this is such a different podcast. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what even is happening now. I, I have so many questions, but we're going to leave them unspoken. SRH, the uh, the microphone is yours. Give us the update on on really, and the, the rest of the podcast could just be the the times and journeys of Spencer Ryan Hall. Well, we uh, we launched your campaign in my house, which was a really fun event. So that that's been. To see you sitting here, you're the governor now. That's been a fun, uh, fun journey. Well, okay, hang on. We can't just leave it there. If we're gonna go there, we, we have, have to, to talk about what the house looked like when the campaign was launched. It looked great. 
It looked fantastic. It looked great, if not a little bit original. Yeah. Well, at the time. <laughs> Spartan. Yeah. At the time, I, I live a very Spartan life. I, I'm a very much a minimalist, and I've lived in my place for 10 years, and a lot of people don't believe that. They come in, and it looks like I just moved in. And so they think I maybe live elsewhere, but claim I live there. And at the time, um, yeah, we, we had moved some things around. After that, the, I, I live in a place where it's busy outside, and so there's a lot of noise. I may or may not have moved my bed into the front room for a little while just to avoid the noise. And uh, then I think I had some people over, and I think that was the last time anyone's ever come over. They're like, we're not going to come over if this bed's in the front. <laughs> well, we were room. over when the bed was in the front. Was it? Oh, oh I, Yeah, we I were being so. ethical about it. I we think we need there. to explain why were we at Spencer Ryan House. Paul's house. In his bedroom-ish. I don't. I mean, that probably happened later. But. All I remember is there were copious amounts of Lacroix. It was very disappointing. <laughs> well, since that, since that time, I used to be working at Rocky Mountain Power. I, I've now joined a, a renewable energy company. We're working on lowering the price the price of uh, clean hydrogen. And so I'm the COO of that, and uh, it's been a fun journey trying to solve some problems with renewable energy. Very nice. Congratulations. We're, we're all very excited. And it's, it really has been so fun to, uh, to work together as a team over the past, uh, the past several years. And, uh, and I miss, it's amazing just listening to the way this podcast is starting that we didn't get more national attention for, for our podcast. That, that uh, you know, it didn't, it didn't grow more than just that. Wait just wait for this episode, the, right? Boy, this, is, this is our time. Thank you, Abby, for the platform I've been I, waiting for. John, go ahead. I will say my mom started listening to the podcast like a year after the fact. And so she would come talk to me about like jokes we had said from like a year prior. And I was like, hey, mom, I'm not I'm not really following. But like, I appreciate that you're listening. <laughs> well, we were sure for a long time that it was only our moms that were listening. And so they're they're really going to uh, to appreciate this episode. Now, we, we used to have kind of some running, uh, not not well, we had running jokes, but we had running segments as well. And uh, John, I'm going to give you an opportunity to apologize for Conspiracy Corner. Yeah, I will say while the the podcast did not go mainstream, unfortunately, my my uh, segment Conspiracy Corner has, and uh, you know, it was a playful look at conspiracy theories. Uh, in the intervening two years, uh, conspiracy theories have become less playful, I would say. Uh, so yes, I, I would like to apologize uh, to, to all of our listeners. I, I mean, we had some good times. If you go back to some of those past episodes, uh, we were talking about alien abductions. We were talking about. Uh, JFK, I think we we had a, a segment on that about the uh, planes getting lost at, at sea and, and disappearing from the face of the earth. But you never really dabbled in the you know kind of what we're seeing now. Just to be clear, well, but but even now there's like uh, you know reports out that like hey, just so you know, UFOs are real, and we just like move on as if nothing occurred. <laughs> so I you know so some of it apparently was real. <laughs> All right. Well, th- we we also had kind of a uh, Owens Tech. What, what do we? I never could get it right. Tech, Even tech, a, time, tech time talking. Tech time. <laughs> tech time talking with Owen Fuller. <laughs> and uh, now I feel like the, the whole world has gone kind of crypto, with <laughs> with the exception of uh, of John Cox. Well, that's right. You know, John really started off with a bang here, saying he's the Dogecoin holder. But um, man, now what? What's happened? If you've been paying attention, is we no longer call it just crypto, but we say Web3. And that makes it much more acceptable for everybody when they realize we're talking about, you know, not just crypto, but blockchain and then Web3, which is this new way, uh, a new way of, you know, sort of uh, a new wave of technology, let's say. And um, now it just sounds cool, right? Now it's like, 
hey, it's not just the crazy stuff. It's not just the the Dogecoin. There's this whole thing about the John's <laughs> shifting in his seat. Okay, he's we're going to be up texting about this until midnight, and still by that I mean it's going to be Owen and John, and the rest of us are just going to be like down, like down, it, down, it's down. Too bad you're you're sharing a microphone right now, but but John, I'm a counterpoint. Uh, yeah, so I, I uh, during the pandemic, I picked up a little bit of pickleball, not to brag, but uh, I, I was out playing with somebody once, and uh, the, the guy who I'd never met before, like we had some downtime, and he was like, hey, so are you, are you like really into uh, cryptocurrency? I was like, no, no, not really. He's like, well, because pretty much everybody here that's into pickleball is into cryptocurrency, and I've never been turned off more towards pickleball than I was in that moment. So I'll just say, I think... Well, the pickleball didn't really like what it was getting from you either at that moment, <laughs> John. Okay. Tough but fair. Uh, like, if I came in here and was like, hey, I just invested in a bunch of Japanese yen or something, and I just made a bunch of money, you'd be like, oh, great. You know, like, there's no inherent value to it. It's just, there's a lot of money out in the market because we all got $2,000 checks, and we're looking to deploy wherever it is, or wherever we can or wherever we want. But uh, I think it's just speculation. I'm so excited that we have that audio. So in like ten years, we can play it back to you on loop. <laughs> this will be fantastic. Oh, Owen, your 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 point. Oh, I was just going to say you have come around on on blockchain technology, though, right, John? So there you go. But no, I, I was never there. I, I think blockchain technology will revolutionize, uh, you know, the country. Okay, but the notion that like, it. hey, I invested yeah. in this thing and now I'm a billionaire, but this thing doesn't actually have any inherent value, like that's a racket. Well, yeah, I mean, it, you, you may not be wrong, but there are also billionaires, so they might also be right at some level, I guess, you know, the whether easy, they're buying- The easy joke uh, here is that instead of talking about Web 3.0, some of these guys need to start talking about Girlfriend 1.0. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and what, what is an NFT and how many of them do you own? <laughs> you know, I don't own any NFTs right now, but- uh, you know, some people think about NFTs like, how is this even a thing where you're just like, maybe they feel like, oh, you're just buying the rights to some image that exists in the ether. And why why would you ever want that? But people are doing really cool things with NFTs that are going to change the way that we think about them. Whether you're talking about like NFTs that give you the right to play in a particular game in a particular world, whether it's in the metaverse or as some people call it the meatverse, which is the world we all live in. And, uh, uh, you know, also... You know, there, there, there may be access to certain events or clubs or things that you take part in. So I think that we're just barely in the beginning. And, you know, if you go out and look at this stuff and you start to dabble in it, you realize it's not all smooth. It's not all easy. Remember that, like, sound of dial-up when you would hear it back in the day and you're in the – yeah, exactly. Thank you, John. I wish you were closer to the mic for that. Sorry I was too, didn't give it to you. But, but yeah, so, you know, in that zone, that, that's where we're at right now with Web 3.0. And with that, we have come up to our first break, after which I will be turning the microphone over to the first lady to uh, take back her podcast. We'll be right back. And welcome back. This segment of First Lady and Friends crossover edition with Cox and Friends pod is brought to you by food. I think we're going to talk a little bit about food. I, I do have to say, though. What was the soap thing? I didn't catch I, that. I don't know. It was yeah. just soap. Okay, just kind of like a pandemic, soap, like wash your hands. Yeah, Soap wanted to sponsor us okay. this time. I, I don't know. I, I won't tell people how, how much we got for that sponsorship. We, uh, I, I do have to just, just wrapping up on the, on the crypto side of things, I, I did have an opportunity to speak with maybe the most powerful banker in the entire country. Um, uh, incredible, uh, you know, very, very powerful human being. And uh, I, I, just, I just asked him, I'll leave him anonymous for now, I asked him you know, what he thought about cryptocurrency. And he said, I can sum it up in one word, fraud. So I just, I'll, I'll just leave that there. 
and, and his words, not yours. I mean, I I sympathize with the cause. You're you're, you're kind of playing Switzerland. Oh, yeah, here, no, yeah. no, those are not my words. Gotcha. I'm, I'm, right. I'm very intrigued. Well, I think the big question is where is it going to go? That's the question. <laughs> that's just that's get, the question. Let's let let's let John. You and, know, and and on that mad. question, this yeah. is, the, the biggest fights we've had over the past eighteen months <laughs> are now airing our dirty laundry that's in front right. in front of the the entire world. Abby, we're going to talk about food now. Uh, SRH, tell us the latest food journey you have been on. Well, I'm always looking for great uh, local spots and especially neighborhood restaurants. There was a delicious new Cuban place that's on 2700 South, about 500 East in Salt Lake called Batista. We all went. We had a beautiful night. And it felt like we were in Cuba. I mean, it felt like the music was playing, family restaurant. We had a great time. Tweeted about it. John was dancing. Yeah, that didn't happen. That would have ruined the night. (laughs) No, that would have made my night. But um, anyway, John's dog was remaining very <laughs> yeah, still. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if it works, no. But I love it, and I I want to see that happen more often. I mean, I miss uh, you. You know, you see pictures of Salt Lake City back in the day, and there was always like a neighborhood restaurant, neighborhood stores, and with zoning, we've changed that. And I want to get it back to where we have the availability to put like a little small store, a small restaurant, things in a neighborhood, make things a little more walkable. Like having a little neighborhood restaurant like that, I thought it was just the most lovely thing to go in and. Have a great meal. Feel like you're still in a neighborhood. You don't have to go into a little strip mall or or a place like that with with the restaurant. Just have it small. Have it feel like you're eating it over at a family's house, and then uh, you know get some of this uh, ethnic cuisine that tastes from all around the world. I thought it was I thought it was beautiful. I I just like the idea there of like a new segment of like you know zoning changes with SRH or something like that. Like you know deep dive on zoning. <laughs> yeah, listen. When I was growing up, I had a neighbor that was involved in kind of local politics, and he taught our merit badge class, like citizenship in the community. And I remember he he had a lot of opinions about zoning, and we were twelve or whatever you are. And I remember him lecturing us about zoning for like an hour, and all of us just staring, like having no idea. But I remember he said at the time, he's like, "Do you want a Seven Eleven right next to your house?" And I was like, yeah, I do. And you I know, actually want a 7-Eleven in my house. I've been do. collecting slowly but surely but like that was little rotating like, hot you, dog things and stuff. Yeah, he's like, you, yeah. you, 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 you don't allow these owning things. Pretty soon there's a 7-Eleven next to your house. And I'm like, show me the problem. I don't it's, see any it's problem. It's setbacks. Yeah. It's the damn setbacks every time. Taco, taco stands on every corner. Yeah, I'm, wasn't it the Stephen Miller <laughs> deal? Well, so that night was so good. I remember that uh, being just what I felt like I needed that night. And then we were able to go again not long after to this really cool place with, um, uh, I want to say Ethiopian Fair. Did I get that right? Yeah. Yeah, Mahadir is the name of it. It's on State Street and like 1400 South, 1500 South. Incredible restaurant. We had so much fun. Well, and, and what it really brings to mind for me is when I go out and travel, I'm always thinking about where's the really fun place to eat. But when I'm home, I'm kind of stuck in my own rut. So this is like the perfect thing now. And I can't wait for our next chance to go to another country right here in Utah and have some more great food together. I have to give a shout out to Gastronomic SLC, a food blog that that always has new restaurants that are opening, new events that they're doing. All of my things that I come up with that I share with you guys, I, I steal from his blog. So, so I had said earlier that uh, one of the side effects, I think, of the pandemic was poor judgment from, from at least in my household. Uh, I, I did get an email recently that was like, 
you've saved $668 this month at DoorDash. And it's like, I don't, I don't think I really save that much money. <laughs> um, so, so I will say, uh, you know, I've had some experience there, but going out to these restaurants, you know, being back in person has been a lot of fun and, and doing it a few times with you guys has been great. Can you all remind me what the taco place we went? This was a little bit further back, like maybe a couple months ago. But yeah, that taco in West Valley, in West Valley City, t- Tacos del Tamal, Tamal, La Casa del Tamal. Uh, there we go. Something like. But that. could you say it with the actual accent? That would be nice. <laughs> there were hand motions. You may you can't see this, but my hands were involved with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, actually, that spot right there is next to the place that I love, which I believe is Taiwanese. Um, like ice, oh, cream ice cream and shave and shave ice. Weird stuff. I really like that. But yeah. basically, what what you need to do is just go out to West Valley. That's where the action's at, right? When it comes to food, uh, one of our favorite places, Tonkatsu, out there. Got to get back there. Rama, soon. the bulgogi fly, fries. The, Those are like to die for, right? The place I experienced the other day, though, is right next to Trader Joe's on uh, 400 South, 700 East, called Cajun Boil. That uh, it, I think we need to go, but it, it it appears to be an Asian restaurant trying to do Cajun things, and uh, I went in there by myself, which was probably a mistake, and they gave me enough food to feed about five people, and I made it almost all the way through. But I think we need to go as a group. It's just all they brought it out in a bag, and they just dumped the bag out onto the onto the thing, and it's just in a in a big plate of butter. It's like a crawfish fry, right? Right. Yeah, but Asian style. Sweet. I love it. I love the fusion. Kirsten, what what restaurants, what food have you enjoyed lately? So I actually would like to pivot a tiny bit and talk about the food I'm going to get tomorrow. Mm. Because I hear I have a gift coming my way as, as a member of the governor's team that I think is impossible, essentially, to get. Uh, and you guys have been working on this for like six months. And I, so really, it's more like what I'm looking forward to. But I also do want to throw in... Um, the first time we door dashed to the governor's mansion, pretty much blew the rural Cox's mind. <laughs> and now I understand it's a fairly regular thing. But there, we were like watching a basketball game, and John Cox just whipped out the cell phone, and we had we had Cold Stone in our hands within minutes, and it was amazing. I, I will say that the moment I knew I had a problem was was when I ordered an acid, like a Tom's an acid from Seven <laughs> Eleven on DoorDash, and I was like, ah, maybe this has gone too far. I don't know. That wouldn't have happened if SRH was Sony. <laughs> That's right. Now, now uh, Kirsten, you left us hanging, though, on the edge of our seat. you got to tell us, what is this thing? Can I you- feel like I've got to let uh, pass okay. this one over. Pass so, this one over. So the, the – and we've maybe talked about this before, but San Pete County is known for their amazing turkey. There's like 128 turkeys for every one person in San Pete. Yes. We did the math once. I don't and, know if it's still true. And we're, we're fabulously proud of it. And um, – you you have to try months in advance to get what we call a sweetheart roast turkey. And what it is, is it's a turkey. It's all the turkey breast in, and they put it in a bag, and they've brined it, and you cook it in the bag, and it's the most moist, the most delicious turkey you'll ever have in your life. And so for the gifts that we, that we gave for all the staff... We went and took a refrigerated truck <laughs> down to Moroni today and uh, brought back 100 of these sweetheart roast turkeys uh, for the rest of the staff. So so what's funny is some people might think listening to this, well, this is just the same P 
deep pride talking, but you know, I, I didn't grow up out there. My mouth is watering so much thinking about it because we actually, you did it as well at a, at a kind of a fancy party at the governor's mansion. And I, as I often doing was running around where I had not eaten dinner and I, I just kept sneaking more of it. I was hoping people weren't noticing, but just the thought of it is so good. I mean, it is really, really delicious stuff. And that is a perfect Christmas gift. It's, it's pretty fabulous. And John helped make that happen because um, certain of our staff didn't know how to speak Sam Pete, and he had to in- intervene. To <laughs> it's like, sure. these are my friends. Oh, yeah, I'll take care of it. So. <laughs> Shout out to Nick, who just made the trip to Moroni to, uh, to bring 100 turkeys In back. a refrigerated truck. In a refrigerated it, was, it was quite a hassle yeah. on yeah. a day like today with roads what they were. So thank you, Nick. <laughs> we appreciate it. Well, we are running, I think, a little low on time. So we're going to have to talk about the Utah Jazz before we go. Um, Jazz having an incredible season. They uh, they have the, the, the top-rated offense in the league. Um, they're record is is great they're they're rolling right now just named uh danny Ainge, as we mentioned was just named the ceo and uh and what alternate governor i believe was the exact title. i have danny facts i can do that now i can do it later but... i think deidre is going to have something to say about that title <laughs> alternate governor yeah no, she's, uh, she's, let's she's hear the danny facts uh so danny facts uh, i think most people know that uh he played in the nba was uh you know a great player for for boston and a few other teams as well but also as a professional baseball player which i think uh many folks Toronto know blue jays Did he I was that right? yeah and uh, what's interesting, I did not know this until doing some Danny deep dives today, some alliteration for those who love that. But uh, he uh, was playing uh, for the Toronto Blue Jays while he was a student at BYU. So he actually hit his first home run in the major leagues. It was like 15, 16 months before that uh, fateful Notre Dame game in the Elite Eight where he won. So plays uh, professional baseball in the summer, goes back. And as part of his contract, it says he can't play basketball while the season's going on, uh, but then quickly picks up uh, basketball during the, the regular season and, and obviously gets drafted and, and is off to the races from there. Incredible athlete. Uh, some apocryphal stories out there about his time at BYU. But my uncle was at BYU then, and uh, it was a little bit of a tennis player. And he, he told the story to me of watching the first singles player, so the top tennis player at BYU, watching him play Danny just kind of a, a pickup tennis game and uh, it was extremely close he he he, he said that, you know on, on one exchange Danny just shifts racket to his left hand and hits a winner down the you know down the baseline it was really impressive and and that's the kind of athlete it was I was noticing as, as Steph broke broke the record this week for three pointers made they had some of you may have seen on, on Twitter or other places they they showed kind of the the, the moving chart of of who led the NBA in three pointers names would move up and down as 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 names came came over time and it, I, I was shocked to see you know we always think of that great Celtics team and of course Larry Bird the the three-point shooter that he was uh, I, I believe at one point Danny Ainge actually passes Larry Bird on the all-time three-point list it well, was and I think really impressive. I'd have to go back and double check uh, I think he was like second highest all-time for a, a period of time obviously the NBA of today is very different like now Joe Ingles has more three-pointers made you know than, than Danny ever did but yeah great great shooter great great athlete and great competitor which I think you've seen in the sort of front office side of things as well for him. Any other Danny facts that we're missing out there, John? Uh, so when he was uh, drafted by the Celtics, so he was still under contract with the Toronto Blue Jays, and the Blue Jays actually sent a letter to all 23 at that time NBA teams saying, don't you dare draft Danny Ainge because he's under contract with us. So he doesn't go in the first round, although there are teams that admit later that they would have drafted him had they known that he could have played. The Celtics take a flyer on him in the second round, the 31st pick, and uh, it ends up going to court, goes to federal court. The Blue Jays fight it, uh, and uh, Red Auerbach, 
you know, uh, who, who made the pick for the Celtics uh, ends up winning the day and uh, Danny, Danny becomes a Celtic. Yeah, for truly an iconic team, of course. And that's what's so cool to me about uh, Danny Ainge is, I mean, he, he is truly one of the great athletes, not just ours, but he's always been ours. And now it's so cool that he's home and we get to see him on a regular basis. <clears throat> of course, he has family here that we know and love, Tanner Ainge, a friend of all of us on the podcast. So this is a great thing to have Danny in this spot. And it just gets spicier for our Utah Jazz. I really hope to see our dear friends Tanner and Heidi cheering for the Jazz this time when the Celtics come to town, though. I, I challenge. I, I put out the challenge. I, I may need to apologize to Tanner for some uh, salty Twitter posts back when he was running for Congress on this same point. But uh, <laughs> it was right. We just lost Gordon Hayward to the Celtics, which in retrospect feels like a lifetime ago. But it was fresh in the moment, Tanner. So so please forgive me. And ended up being a great thing for the Jazz. Allowed Donovan Mitchell to come into his own and do his thing. And, um, you know, I, I'm happy where we ended up. But it is it is nice. We, we had an opportunity to go to a Jazz game with Tanner and Heidi uh, and it was a Celtics game and so it was it was a little tense that night but uh, we had, we had a great time and you know if 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 jazz fans and and Celtic fans can come together then you know we can have world peace all right. It sounded, it sounded like the end of the Rocky movie right there. That was it good. Does. Well, you, I, I can change. I, I'm getting, you can change. I'm getting teared up. I'm feeling it. Everybody can change. Uh, any any other thoughts on the uh, the jazz season, SRH? Well, I just love, I mean, seeing Dwayne Wade on the sideline, too, I just I can't stop thinking how cool it is. Every time I see it, and he's not just a figurehead. He's not just a celebrity owner. He seems like he's just really adding that DNA to the team. Then you bring Danny in, too. I, I just think what they're doing, bringing for the community, I love the way Donovan's speaking out on issues and, and making his voice heard. I think um, he's really bringing along the Utah Jazz fan base and people in Utah, really introducing him to some points of view that need to be shared, helping us uh, you know, improve the way that we think and act. And I think we still got a long way to go, but I really appreciate some of the voices that the Jazz are bringing in. I agree. I think, um, you know, we had a chance to meet Dwayne Wade when they first made the announcement. And what was so sweet is this is the coolest story. Uh, Emma Kate, our daughter, came with us and um, we had we walked in the the little uh, suite and we we took pictures with him. And he was very kind, just really a genuinely kind person. And um, we got finished taking pictures and we were kind of standing there. And he he looks over at Emma Kate and he says, can I get a picture with just you? And she melted like a little puddle of butter. <laughs> and she did not stop talking about it to her brothers, <laughs> about him singling her out to get a picture with her. And he was just really, really sweet. Yeah, he's everything you'd hoped he'd be. Owen, last well, word? Yeah, I just wanted to say uh, thank you for having us here, Abby. Thanks for giving us a chance to get back together. It was fun for us, whether or not anybody out there listening had a good time or not. We we have had a blast. And I want to just say thank you for what you're doing for, uh, for our community with your uh, show up. Uh, initiatives and uh, with your foundation and it's just so uh, inspiring to see and to have a chance to be part of that so thank you Abby we love you thanks Owen that's very sweet that's it for this episode of Cox and Friends Abby thank you for letting us hijack your podcast it's been so fun to reconnect with our friends and and hopefully some listeners out there Uh, thanks for all you do and remember to do good Cox and Friends out